0: Mrs. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you.
1: Hi. I'm your son. Here
0: we
2: are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go, make it a pro. Hey everybody, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, a Silver Spoons podcast. And today, I am discussing, talking about Season 1, Episode 2, entitled, Boys Will Be Boys, which aired on October 2nd, 1982. Ricky is pleased that Edward lets him get away with everything until Derek tells him it means, well, he doesn't care about you, Ricky. Edward has to show Ricky that his relaxed attitude towards discipline doesn't mean that he doesn't love him. This episode has a 7.2 rating out of 10, based on 27 ratings. This episode was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duklan, Ron Levitt, the creator, Michael G. Moy, creator, written by Bob Ellis. Also, James R. Stein, Howard Leeds, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen. So we got a lot of creators and writers here on the show. But before I get into the episode, I just want to let you guys know that the Silver Spoons podcast does have an email. So if you guys want to shoot me an email, you are... I would, that would make me so happy. You can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to follow along with the podcast, you can go to Facebook. The podcast has a page. Together, we're going to find our way, a Silverspoons podcast. Also, if you do listen to the Punky Power podcast, which is been done now for over about six weeks. Um, I also post updates on the Silver Spoons podcast on that site, so that way my followers that are now following along on the Silver Spoons podcast are kept updated. And the same thing goes for um, the Instagram page. There's one for Silver Spoons, Silver Spoons podcast, and of course the Punky Power podcast. So you're getting them- You know, for new and for regular listeners, however you guys want to keep up to date on the new podcast, whatever way you want to go. So at the end of the podcast, I will talk about uh, some of the books that I mentioned that I was currently reading last week. I managed to finish this past week, so I'll talk about those at the end of the podcast episode. All right, so without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. Right away, I notice we've got a new opening. The pilot episode had its own like opening with uh, scenes from the pilot episode, and it looks like this new intro is going to pretty much carry through the entire season one. So it's showing scenes from episodes, of course, I haven't covered yet because I'm only on episode two of season one. So we have Ricky kind of jumping into Edward's arms. He's really happy about something. We also have Edward and Ricky in the woods. Looks like they're going camping. There's one where Leonard is kind of comforting Edward. Something serious must have happened. Probably something to do with Ricky. Looks like we have a romantic dinner between Edward and Kate. And Ricky, of course, is in a tux. Looks like he's trying to play matchmaker. And, and that pretty much goes, you know, throughout the intro, different scenes of episodes that I haven't covered yet. So let's jump right into the opening shot. So we get a shot of, I guess if you want to call it a living room, it's where the arcade games are at. We got the desk with a chair that also, there's like a, is it a chase a lounge? Like it's kind of like a couch, but it's more like something that you could lay on that's got like, the headrest and everything, both made out of leather. That just looks like it would be kind of uncomfortable. I've never, I, I think I've sat on a leather couch once and it was, uh, it was okay. So we jump into something really serious as Kate it's coming in. She jumps on the phone. She's calling the police saying it's an emergency. That's not good. That phone cord, of course it's a landline, guys, it's 82, no one's got cell phones yet, unless there's the giant brick ones, which I don't even know if those have been invented. And that phone cord, that stretches for a long, long ways. So of course, Kate's calling the police, and they put her on hold right away. Like That's real great. So when they get back on the phone with her, she says her name is Kate Summers, she's the personal secretary of Edward Stratton III, and she mentions how, and she starts to tear but she says it, that his uh, Edward son, Ricky, is missing. And I'm going to play this clip. This is, I don't know exactly how much time has passed between the pilot episode and the second episode. Um, Ricky's got a new haircut also that we saw and looks like he's pretty much living there now. So, all right, I'm going to play this clip.
3: an emergency. Yes, I'll hold. <laughs> oh, yes, officer. My name is Kate Summers. I'm personal secretary to Edward Stratton III. His son, Ricky, is, um... Uh, is missing. Uh, he has, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, oh, and the cutest little dimples, and a tiny little button nose with... Yes, I know you're busy. Please, you've got to find them. You've just got to find them. Uh, he's wearing, um, blue jeans, white sneakers, red t-shirt. Hi, Gabe. Uh, Make that a green t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Ricky! Oh, are you all right? Where have you been? You were supposed to run home two and a half hours ago. Well, I was right out in the backyard. Ricky, our backyard is 395 acres. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I kind of lost
2: So as you heard in the clip, Kate's describing what you know what Ricky looks like. He's got blonde hair, he's got blue eyes, he's got a little cute button nose, dimples, and she's like, "Well, he's wearing uh, white sneakers, blue jeans, a red shirt." Ricky rolls in like no big deal, like, and then Kate kind of glances like, "Oh no, uh, correction, I mean green shirt," and then <laughs> yeah. So, we find out, Ricky's been in the backyard this whole time, and we learn that the backyard is over 390-some acres. It's huge. And she tells him, you know, you're supposed to be back, like, two hours ago. So, uh, of course, Ricky's trying to, like, oh, who puts emphasis on time nowadays, and this and that, and... He's like, oh, you're not buying it, are you? But he's got that cute dimple smile. So she's like, you know what? I'll just tell your dad that you're back. Where is Edward? I mean, do you guys think that maybe Kate kind of jumped to conclusions a little? Just he's been gone for two hours, immediately called the police. I, I, I think protocol is what? Kids got to be missing at least for 24 hours before... Or is it different now? Because there are Amber Alerts that will uh, alert your cell phone now. So, I don't know what protocol was in 82. I I don't know. I know about, you know, they had the milk cartons, missing kids on milk cartons. But it was two hours, Kate. It's two hours. I know you're worried. There's no real way to get a hold of Ricky. He doesn't, like I said, he does not have a. In 2018, Ricky would have a cell phone. And she would be able to text him to get his fanny home, like, you're two hours past curfew, get home now. So Kate gets on the walkie-talkie to get a hold of Edward, and she calls him Captain Danger, so I don't know what this is. And he said, he says, Yeah, is that you foxy lady? And of course Kate kinda of smiles, but then she sees Ricky standing right next to her. And she's like, Yes, Edward I mean, um <laughs> she's like, I-, I mean captain. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is <laughs> what is he do where <laughs> where's Edward? What's he been doing? Oh, they're code names! And Ricky's code name is Lost Little Lamb. Oh, oh that is kind of cute. He does kind of look like a lamb.
3: <laughs> Come in, Captain Danger. Come in, Captain Danger. This is Captain Danger. Is that you, Foxy Lady? Uh, yes, Edward. I mean, Captain.
1: turn to the fold. more, Foxy Lady. I'll be right there. And tell lost little lamb that he's headed for the slaughterhouse. <laughs> he's mad.
3: There you are. I've been looking all over the house for you. I'm sorry, Larry. He's sorry. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to search a house this big? I ran into a plumber who's been here since 1967. <laughs> Was he upset
2: at $19 an hour. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, Edward's been looking for Ricky as well. And he tells Kate to tell lost little lamb that he's headed to the slaughter. <laughs> and Ricky, of course, is like, oh, wow, he's really mad. Like, uh, if they've been looking for you for what? Probably two hours. They're not going to be happy. I mean, that is a mansion. And even Leonard's been looking for him. It's like, do you know how hard it is to search a house this big? And he mentions how he ran into a plumber that's been there since, like, 1970. And he mentions how the plumber makes, like, 19 bucks an hour. Like, oh, my gosh. I don't even make that. I'd like to one day, but. So we hear the doot doot of the train, and uh, Captain Danger is on his way. Little Lamb better prepare himself for a little grounding.
3: your lesson so i i, I, I won't come down on it any harder than i already have but ricky in the future just try not to be so late okay okay Dad. Okay. i'm sorry to be so harsh with
1: you
3: <laughs> i'm your father and sometimes i just have to be tough
0: yes sir <laughs> ricky, <laughs>
3: has a son your age so I invited him over tonight.
0: Great! I really want to make some new friends.
3: Well you won't have to make new friends because it turns out he knows you from military school. Mm -hmm. Really? Who is it? Eric Taylor.
0: Oh no. Oh god. Oh no.
2: Oh god. So... Edward comes in and he's not too happy with the fact that they've had to search for Ricky for two hours and Kate and Leonard excuse themselves and Leonard even gives Ricky his card like, Hey, look me up if you need a lawyer and they exit to the library. So, um, Edward can punish Ricky in private. And, of course, Ricky pulls the little uh, doe-eyed, bat in the eye. It's like, oh, Dad, don't punish me. I've learned my lesson. Because he mentions about a cave that he'd been looking into. And then Edward, you know, at first he's a little irritated. Like, you really, you need to let us know where you are. If you're going to be late, you got to, you know. And, and Ricky says, you know, while I was looking in the cave, I lost track of time. And of course, at the mention of the cave, Edward's like, oh, the cave. Wow, you know, when I first stumbled upon the cave. But then Edward kind of straightens and like, no, no, wait a minute. No, I'm supposed to be angry with you because you disobeyed. You didn't let us know where you are, and you were two hours late. And um, so he's like, you know, I'll let it go. Basically, I'll let it. Go this time. You know, I'm your father. I'm sorry I had to be tough on you. He was not tough on Ricky at all. He let it slide. This is probably, what, his first time getting into a little bit of trouble. It's not even real trouble. I mean, he was two hours late, but he was still on the property. I mean, didn't he tell them where he was going? But anyway... Um, Edward goes ahead into the library, and of course, Ricky is like, yes, thank you. And, um, of course, while he's celebrating, Edward comes back out, and Ricky's all, like, composure, like, "Mm -hmm." and Edward tells him, well, um, a buddy of mine that lives nearby has got a boy about your age. And Ricky's excited because you know it's like I really want to make some new friends and everything. And Edward lets it slip. Well, actually, this boy I guess knows you already. He's from military school. And the smile drops off Ricky's face in an instant. He's like, "Oh no, oh no!" You know, it's Derek Taylor, Derek from the pilot episode, Derek whose hamsters go commit suicide because they don't want to be around him anymore. So, Derek, the one that says, oh, you're back here in military school because your dad didn't want you. That Derek Taylor. So, I can understand uh, Ricky's a little, uh, "Ah, no, no, I don't want him for a friend. I thought you were talking about someone else. So, of course, Edward's kind of looking at Ricky like, oh, what's the problem here? What's going on? And Ricky just looks at his dad like, Dad, Derek is the pits. It's like, basically, like, he sucks. He's not nice. I don't want him for a friend. But Ricky's gonna get him for a friend so them's the breaks I guess it's gonna be a few seasons before we get to alfonso so <laughs>
3: That's
0: Derek. Oh, yeah. You favor? Tell him I'm dead. Becky, <laughs> why don't you give him a chance?
3: Maybe he'll hear
0: you soon.
1: You're <laughs>
2: The whole thing that Derek's a terrible human being. He's like, oh, well, he sounded great on the phone. Well, yeah, of course, I'm sure he sounded great on the phone because this kid just wants to butter you up. He's a hellion. And, of course, the doorbell rings, and Ricky's like, please, please, just tell him I'm dead, okay? (laughs) He's like, oh, no, no, Ricky, let's give this a shot here. Maybe he's changed. No, Derek's never gonna change. So of course we get to see the door opener, and Derek walks in. Immediately he's all like polite and just schmusing Edward, like, "Oh, sir, thank you for letting me come into your home, and what a fine home it is. And oh, Edward is so, or Richard is so lucky to have a father like you, Edward. And this and that. And it's just." And even Ricky's kind of sticking his fingers down his throat like he wants to puke. Like, he sees this is just a major act. Like, and of course, Edward's buying it hook, line, and sinker. I honestly, would you classify him as even classify him on a Nellie Olsen. I mean, let's see, we got Margot Kramer, we got Nellie Olsen level of Margot Kramer is on the low end, Nellie Olsen is at the top. I'd say he's more lingering closer to Nellie Olsen with a smidge of rudeness, Richie type. Of Margot Kramer, he's a mixture. He's the male version of both those girls. So not only did Ricky get a haircut in this episode, Derek, Jason Bateman also got a haircut because before it was kind, of, the hair was kind of longer. It was covering covering his ears, but now it's just both boys. Actually, their haircuts look very similar. However, Ricky's is more um whereas um. Derek's is more clean cut and Ricky's is more kind of, like, similar, but it's kind of, a uh, messy, uh, on the end. So Edward leaves, goes into the library, lets the boys get acquainted, and immediately, as soon as Edward shuts the door to the library, Derek turns on him. On Ricky. Why well, didn't, like, like, Derek kept referring to Ricky as Richard. Which I think... Ricky's grandfather also refers to Ricky as Richard.
1: What
0: <laughs> <Dump>. <laughs> Why aren't you in military school? <laughs> they finally kick you out? Yeah. They got mad because I took a look at Colonel Baxter's wife. What's so bad about that? <laughs> she isn't a shower at the time. <laughs> Derek, the lady is seventy-four years old. So you don't have to worry about me going back to military school. You and I can be friends for the rest of our lives. Take me now while I'm young. (laughs) Hey, Corpus, you got any grease or something? Slippery the better. What for? I want to put some on the bottom of my dad's bowling shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Derek, that's a rotten thing to do. So? I'm mad at him. See, you kept my I got kicked out of school. Don't you get mad at your dad when he punishes you? That's where I'm luckier than you. (laughs) My dad doesn't punish me. I came home late tonight. He let me off Scott free. He did? Hey, my dad's a great guy. Fine, well, let's change the subject.
2: What stupid train is this? Oh yeah, oh, yeah the guy doesn't love you. So the first words out of Derek's mouth when he turns around to face Ricky's like, what a dump! Like really, boy? Is your house any better? This is a cool freaking house. You would love to live here. So, we learn that Derek got kicked out of military school for looking at a 74-year-old woman in the shower. That is nasty. It was the colonel's wife. And even Ricky, Ricky's like, well, she's 74, and Derek has this weird, gross smile on his face. Like, It was worth it. Like, ew, you're a sicko. So the boys kind of get into um, a discussion about fathers and love and punishment. And Ricky is kind of like, he's swaggering around all like, oh, well, my dad didn't punish me because, well, I only rolled in a couple hours late. No big deal. And it's almost like he's kind of proud of the fact. And, and Derek's like, well, my dad punished me punishes me all the time. He says it's like, he loves me. If he didn't love me, he wouldn't punish me. And then, of course, Derek's going to say, Derek, of course, has got to be jealous. He Even just seeing that little bit of interaction when they were at uh, military school, when Edward came to get Ricky, he senses clearly, clearly, you know, Derek's jealous. He's jealous of what Ricky and his dad have. So he's going to turn it around on its head and make... Ricky think, well, the reason your dad doesn't punish you is because, well, he doesn't love you. If he loved you, he probably would punish you a lot. And Ricky's like, well, what I did really wasn't so bad. I'm sure if I really did something terrible, he would lay down the hammer. So, it's like, Derek's being a jerk. He really, really is. Meanwhile, in the library, um, Leonard's going over some stuff, legal stuff, and Edward's kind of bobbing his head. Leonard looks at him, sees Edward is not paying attention, and is like, right, hand it over. He's gotta be having, like, an earbud or something in his ear. He's listening to the music or something. He's not paying attention. Like, buddy, that's why you got in trouble the last time. You hired a criminal, a guy who has a prison record to handle your books. Wow, Edward, you had me, fool. Like, you could have sworn he might have been listening to some form of music. No, he was playing with it. He was trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. So while uh, Leonard is briefing uh, Edward on this lawyer talk stuff, we hear the train whistle and Leonard's like, Edward, isn't that your train starting up? And Edward like jumps out of his seat like, well, Ricky knows he's not supposed to be playing with that if I'm not with him. As soon as Leonard opens those double doors, because the train track goes right through that room, which to that's just problematic in itself. Um, soon as Leonard opens the doors, boom, the train goes right through it, crashes into the other set of double doors on the other side of the library room there. And yeah, the Edward is, he's royally angry now. Like, uh, son, you pushed me too far. Because Kate and Leonard, they get out of there like, okay, we don't want to see this. And Derek, of course, like, oh, well, sir, I, you know, about about the train and everything. And Ricky, he basically kind of throws Ricky under the bus. Like, well, I knew not to do it. But, so that's what, you know, to play with your train here. But Ricky just went right ahead and just. Started it up and ran it through here So Of course Edward can't see through Derek's Little uh, Act here and it's kind of funny Because Ricky's kind of looking At Derek like why are you this isn't what We talked about and Derek's Like well hey you said your dad would come Down on you if you acted out Now's the chance to find out if he really loves you, which I think, you know, just like Margot with Punky, even though a lot of the time, you know, Punky doesn't take Margot's garbage, some of the times what she does does kind of hit Punky to the core. And I think, especially when it's dealing with Ricky just moved in with his dad, and for Derek to just say, oh, he doesn't punish you because he doesn't love you, and this and that. So he's kind of taking that message to heart. So we're going to play this clip here, and you guys get to hear how this all plays out. Hey, are in that train? Can't
1: be. Ricky knows he's
3: not supposed to play with when I'm not around. that mistake
2: I cannot believe Edward didn't punish him. Basically, it's like, oh, well, nobody got hurt. And I'm sure you learned your lesson. And I'm going to say this once, but don't do this ever again. And Ricky's like, shockley, like, wait a minute. Because, well, Edward leaves. Well, it's kind of funny because when Ricky first comes in there and Edward's like, you're in big trouble, young man. And he looks to Kate and Leonard like, uh, isn't he? And Kate just gets out like, you know what? It's my laundry night. I gotta go home. Leonard's like, yeah, um, it's her laundry night. I have to go home, too. So, <laughs> they're like, we're not gonna help you parent this child. This is your son. You take care of it. I mean, Leonard can, or Edward can say those things of, you know, yeah, no one got hurt, and I'm sure you learned your lesson, but... I'm still going to have to punish you because you did break the rules. You knew not to use this train when I'm not around. And you did it anyway. So, you know, just send him to his room for, like, a day. Say, no, you can't come out except for, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and stuff. I mean, but, of course, Edward doesn't punish him. And and Ricky, he wants to get punished because Derek's putting it in his head that his dad does not love him unless he punishes him. Dang, and like I said, Ricky is taking this to heart because Derek keeps repeating that, and he's like, "Oh well, if it were my dad, he would have killed me." And yeah, oh boy, I'm sorry your dad doesn't love you. Like, good grief. So, at the next, in the next scene, Kate's working at the desk in the living room, and Ricky comes in, and he's kind of laughing, like, "Hey, Kate, you want to hear something really funny?" And she's like, "Okay." And he's like, Dara told me last night that your dad only punish you, punishes you because he loves you. And, of course, Kate's not laughing. Like, oh, well, that's not really funny. I mean, to her, that's probably true. And Ricky immediately stops laughing. Like, oh, boy. Oh, ooh. So Ricky goes to sit down on uh, the couch in front of the desk. He's like, oh, no. Oh, oh, God. Oh, no. And Kate's like, what's what's going on? And Ricky tries to play it off like, oh, nothing. I just ate some bad cheese. And <laughs> be like, okay. I'm not going to sit next to you. But uh. <laughs> So luckily, I think Kate's going to tell him that um, what Derek told you is true in some ways. But with your dad... Cause Ricky, I think, has only been living with his dad for a short amount of time, so they're still kind of feeling each other out. You know, Ricky's testing his limits about what he can and can't get away with. It's it's typical of a kid. Usually kids do that when they're really young, so by the time they're Ricky's age, they kind of know what they can and can't get away with, but this is all, you know, new and fresh for both of them. So Kay kind of just lets him know. It's like, you know, that's, it's not really funny. It's just that, you know, parents do that, you know, because they love their kids and they want to teach them, you know, lessons about what you can and can't do. And she's like, well, that's why your dad punished you last night after the whole thing with the train. And Ricky kind of lets her know, um, he didn't punish me, actually. He just let me off. But he, I don't even think he, he kind of let him off with a warning. He said, just don't do this again. And the thing, also, when that train, after it went through the room, it was going along the outside of the room. And as it was, it was knocking books off the shelf and everything. So that's why Edward, Kate, and Leonard had to hide behind the desk. So they weren't getting hit by flying debris. So, Kate kind of says... You know, with what Derek said, you know, after all, you know what he said is kind of silly. And she even says that I'm really not qualified to be able to say how kids should be disciplined, whether they should be. I'm not a parent. And she says that she had a cat once and when he was bad, she got him neutered. You mean when your cat was spraying all over the house and it stunk to high heaven and you finally just said, I have to get this cat neutered because he's destroying my house with his cat urine. <laughs> but in Ricky's case, he, I'm sure he must know what neutered means. Like, what? oh boy. <laughs> but I'm going to play this clip. Hi, Keith. All right. I a really
0: stupid thing Derek said last night. Huh. He said, get this for really being dumb. You ready? huh He said, if your father punishes you when you do something bad, it's only because he loves you. No, isn't that the silliest thing you ever heard? No, that's not silly at all.
1: Oh no. Oh gosh.
0: Not being so silly?
3: Well, that's right. I mean, parents discipline their kids because they care about them. Well, that's why your father punished you for wrecking his train last night. Katie didn't punish me. Oh. Uh. Well, actually, what Derek said, it really is silly. Um. uh, Well, the reason is, um. Dancing. I'm not qualified to talk on how children should be disciplined. I've never been a parent. I mean, I had a cat once, and when he was bad, I had him neutered. (laughs) That's what Derek said is
0: true. I can be as bad as I want. My dad will never care. I'll see you later.
2: So Ricky pretty much believes, it's like, wow, kid. I guess I can do whatever I want. My dad won't punish me. Just, he's really broken up about it as he's like, you know, I'm going to go upstairs. And as he starts to walk upstairs, that's when Edward comes in. He's like, hey, Ricky, what's going on? And Ricky just kind of turns to look at him on the stairs. He's like, do you even care? and he heads upstairs and Edward's like looking at Kate like what was that all about I mean yes I know like I've said Edward is new to this whole parent thing and and the whole discipline thing and everything like that and I'm sure when Ricky was home and if he got into trouble his mother most likely punished him and I I, I kind of think that uh, Edward is more like well I'm, I'm, I'm new with this and stuff. I don't want him to hate me and everything like that. It's like, well, he's not going to hate you, but... I mean, if Derek hadn't put that... Your dad only loves you when he punishes you or whatever. If he hadn't put that mindset into Ricky, Ricky would not be having a problem Like I really don't think he would. Because he, he, he was all like, Oh, my dad didn't punish me because I was out... For two hours, and I didn't call or anything. Yay! And if yeah, look at you know if 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 Derek hadn't said anything, well, this even well, this train thing, he would have been fine. But now uh, Edward's gonna have to talk to Kate, and they're gonna have to get this worked out. So Edward <laughs> was outside, and he got a like uh, he picked a really pretty rose for. For Kate, and, um, she kind of lets him know, cause he's like, well, she says that he, Ricky isn't happy how, uh, Edward handled the whole thing with the train, and Edward thinks, oh no, I almost, I raised my voice, I was this close to punishing him, I embarrassed him in front of his friend, and Kate's like, no, um, he wants you to punish him. Derek put it in his head that, the reason you didn't punish him is because you don't love him. So that's a wake up call. Like, yeah, you gotta you gotta throw down that hammer. So Everett looked at Kate and he's like, Well, he knows I love him and then he's like Doesn't he? And I'm like, Well yeah, does he know that? Like you gotta go up and straighten it out. And Kate tells him it's like, Well, Ricky's confused right now. This is just you know, this is a challenging time for both of you. You're both still getting to know each other. I mean, this is me talking here that, yes, they're still getting to know each other. So, you gotta make up, you know, let him know that you love him. Uh, of course, Leonard comes in. He's got a whipped cream balloon hat on. Turns out Ricky in his anger and frustration threw a whipped cream balloon, uh, down, and it ended up hitting, uh, Leonard. I don't think he was, even an aiming for Leonard, but it just, uh, um, what do they say? Wrong place, wrong time, something like that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Here, Kate, I picked you this rose. Oh, what's the matter with Ricky? Eat some bad cheese or something? <laughs> about the way you handled the incident last night with the train. Oh boy, oh no, I knew it. I came down too hard on him. I raised my voice And in front of his friend too. Oh, why did I do it? Kate, the beast got out. <laughs> and you want to hear the worst part? I came that close to actually punishing him. Well, that's what he wanted. His friend Derek told him the reason you haven't punished him is because you don't love him. That's crazy, isn't it? Ricky knows I love him, doesn't he? Well, I think he's very confused right now. on
2: So this is definitely barrel laughs. laughs. I'd like to know that I don't think that that whipped cream made it into Leonard's underwear. no way, it's just on his head in his suit. <laughs> but um Leonard or er, Edward, oh my gosh, just he's like, I need a minute here. <laughs> oh my gosh And Leonard tells Edward that your son, when I yelled up to him that I'm gonna have a talk with your father about this, he's like, "Go ahead, I, my dad don't care what I do." And Leonard tells Edward, like, oh, by the way, I wouldn't use your bathroom because Ricky told me that he replaced your toilet paper with fly paper. So, <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, I'm going home to change now. <laughs> Bye. So, Edward tells Kate, I'm going to have a talk with Ricky. And Kate's like, you need to do more than just have a talk with him. You need to lay down the law and actually punish him this time. Because he's getting a little out of hand here. Yeah, he's retaliating because he's angry. Ricky, that is not the way to go about it. You're angry? Great. You got a dartboard right on your door. Throw some darts at it. Let off some steam. But don't hit innocent people. Like, now he wants to um, go after the mailman. Where'd he get that? Whi- oh, I see there's whipped cream right there on the, um... Right near his, um... Bay window... Wow, There's two cans of whipped cream So Edward must have Like a bunch of it Down in the kitchen And this is the first time We actually get to see Ricky's room And it uh, looks like A fun time He's got this wooden Like Pinocchio type Um It's not a statue But it's just like a, a tall Like Like Four foot wooden figure That looks like um A bald Pinocchio He's also got a moose head Cause that moose head I think Um comes back in other episodes It's a mo- uh, stuffed moose head Right above the, the door there
0: Oh Mr. Man
3: Sorry, it was an accident.
1: <laughs>
3: it's too late. He's torching our mail.
1: <laughs>
3: Ricky, your behavior lately has become totally inexcusable. You're coming in late, you're wrecking the train, harassing Leonard, and now I understand you put flypaper in my bathroom. I have no choice, Ricky, but to punish you. Really, Dad? That's right. So, Any thoughts on what I should do to you?
0: Dad, it's not up to me. I did the messing up, and now I'm supposed to think of my punishment, too. I can't do everything. Give me a break.
3: Mickey, I just don't want to punish you. Okay,
0: sure. Sure. great time without me. It's only natural. I mean, who wants a dumb old kid around all the time? Listen. I'll just pack up my stuff and leave. for give me a chance. I'm just sorry I messed everything up.
3: Son, I want you here with me more than anything in the world. Sure. Ricky, mind if I sit on your bumper? It's kind of hard for me to talk about this. I remember I was about your age. My father was working in his study, so I thought I'd surprise him with a cold, fresh glass of orange juice. But just as I was about to hand it to him, I tripped. And I spilled the juice all over his important papers.
1: Uh Uh-oh.
0: Was he mad?
3: Furious. He said I ruined all his work, and he called me a stupid, clumsy fool. And he sent me to my room, and I was never allowed in his study
1: again.
0: Well, did you cry?
1: Real hard.
3: I cried. It was because at that moment I hated my father. And I don't want you to ever feel that way about me.
0: Dad, I could never hate you. Well, I thought the reason you didn't punish me was because you didn't like me.
3: thought that if i did punish you you wouldn't like me
0: i guess that's what they call iron
3: <laughs> i guess so well whatever they call it i want you to remember one thing
0: get that.
2: Watching what's going on with Ricky in the bay window with the balloon And immediately as Ricky's got the balloon hovering just outside the window Which that window's got no screen He's like, Ricky don't! And boom! The whipped cream balloon falls, hits the mailman And the mailman, you go, ow! And It's like, there's not sound like an old man Because they make it sound like... The way that Edward says, like... Oh, you hit Mr. Ross or something. And... You hear, like, the guy grumbling. And it sounds more like an... Like an older... Older man. But when he goes, ow! It it sounds like someone, like... Who's a young guy in his, like, mid-twenties or something like that. But anyway... Um... Edward just kind of tells Rookie... It's like, you know... You come in two hours late you you mess around with the train which i told you not to do and then you throw a blue uh whipped cream balloon on Leonard and everything it's like you got no regard for 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 anything and just is basically it's almost like you you're running ro- wild and stuff and just Well, yeah, well, he basically, Edward says that your behavior is completely unexcusable, how you're acting. So Edward, of course, as you heard in the clip, he said, I have no choice, I have to punish you. And Ricky, like, jumps off of the cushion in the bay window. He's like, really, Dad, you made it? And Edward's like, um, do you know what I should do? And Ricky kind of looks at him like, I'm a kid. You think of the punishment, Dad. I shouldn't have to do everything. It's like great. Now I got to think of my punishment too. And Edward kind of, well, Ricky just says, "Well, oh, great, I get it." Yeah, I mean, well, and R- Ricky starts to get, you know, a-, a little choked up. He's like, "Why don't you?" I mean, how come? You know, he's trying to say it. He's like, "Why don't you like me?" And it's it's sad, you know. And he's like, "Oh no!" I mean, I and you know, Edward goes to put a hand on Ricky's shoulder, but Ricky quickly backs away. And is like, "I get it," you know. I just dropped into your life like this, and you know, everything was going great before I showed up, and this and that, and it's it's sad, you know. You know, Edward's never been a father before. But, uh, you know, Ricky's like, you know, I'll get my stuff. I'll be out of your way. And I'm thinking to myself, he's pulling a punky. He's pulling a punky Brewster right now. How many times did she do that in season one? I don't know. Because eventually I lost count. And I think she did that in season two. It's almost like... It's a defense mechanism, like, oh, you don't want me here, let me get my stuff, I'll be out of your way. It's almost like, I don't know what he's hoping to to really get, like, he wants some type of emotion or truth from Edward, like, tell me you want me here. Tell me you want to punish me. Tell me you love me. That's what I want to hear. And the moment that Ricky says, you know, I'll just take my stuff and go, thank you for giving me a chance at least... Edward looks at Ricky and he's like No I want you here With me It's like He's new at this Ricky I mean come on buddy give him a chance This this is hard for him But we're gonna learn now As you heard in the clip Why Edward is so He doesn't Want to punish Ricky And he tells about Ricky you know Edward talks about his father, Ricky's grandfather, how he had brought in some orange juice for his, his, his dad, and he tripped, spilled the juice all over his father's important papers, and his dad just turned around and yelled at him and called him a fool and said, go to your room. And Ricky's just sitting here listening to this, and, you know, they're both... I'm surprised that Edward wasn't cheering up at that, at that memory. And Ricky's like, did you cry? And Edward's like, yeah, I did. I cried a lot. And I just, I hated my father after that. And he looks at Ricky, he's like, I don't want you to hate me. You know, that's why I don't want to punish you. And it's just, it's a, they're having a moment here and it's a great moment. Because in the next, I think in the next episode, we meet Grandfather Strat and we meet Edward's dad. And they do not have a good relationship at all, which is understandable. (laughs) I mean, even when, you know, I mean, that whole thing with the juice and the papers and everything happened when Edward was probably right around Ricky's age. So he's got a lot of resentment. Edward's got a lot of resentment and anger, you know, holed up inside of him. So the both guys here, they got their wires crossed. Ricky admits, I thought the reason you didn't punish me was because you didn't like me. And Edward's like, well, I didn't want to punish you because I didn't think you'd like me. So, yeah. Edward's going on his past previous experience with his relationship with his dad. And that's kind of influencing how he's Looking at Ricky and everything like that But no you know they're, they're being honest they're opening up and everything And they're learning about each other So And Edward just looks at Ricky Like I love you Ricky And Ricky's like I love you too dad And they hug and it's so sweet But of course You know Edward does have to lay down the law; He's gotta punish him So here's that clip
0: Well, I'm certainly glad that that's all cleared up.
3: Well, except for one minor detail.
0: Uh, What's that?
3: I still have to punish you.
0: Oh, Dad, that won't be necessary now. (laughs) Oh,
3: yes, it will. Because I don't want you to forget that it's wrong to be mean and inconsiderate. So, except for meals, you will stay in your room for two days oh dad son this hurts me more than does you how can it hurt you i won't have anybody to play with <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah was like well i am gonna have to punish you son and ricky of course like oh dad we just had a heart to heart we cleared the air you don't have to punish me anymore and edward's like yes i do <laughs> And he says, for the next two days, aside from your meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you are going to be in your room for two days. And, of course, Ricky's like, oh, Dad. And Edward's like, come on, son. You know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And Ricky's like, and how would this hurt you, Dad? And Edward just looked at him like, well, I'm not going to have anyone to hang out with. <clears throat> I mean, you guys gotta get a load of Ricky's room, man It is loaded with the coolest fun He's got his own bathroom, guys His own bathroom He's got an ra- uh, awesome race car bed He's got a giant panda stuffed thing He's got loads of toys Airplanes hanging on the walls He was actually playing with a little airplane That uh, Edward had to take away Because is, you know when uh, Edward was trying to talk to him, Ricky was kind of flying it around and everything. But uh, oh, he's even got one of those um um oh, what the heck is it? It's a um the uh, a meter, a meter, like a parking meter thing there too. This is just so cool. Any kid would love to be punished if they had a room like this and they had to be in the room for two days. I know it. And that is pretty much the episode, guys. I really, really liked this. It was cute. You know, we got a little bit of backstory with uh, with Edward and his father, which is good because I think the next episode is where we meet Edward Stratton II, and he meets Ricky for the first time. So my rating for this episode—it's the train toy, tr- the train rating. And let me think here. I'm going to give this one four out of 5 trains. The only thing I didn't care for was the whole Derek being a creep, but he's going to be keep being a creep, so I got to get used to that. Um but just I think he put it one step too far with the whole your dad doesn't punish you because he doesn't love you thing. That was really harsh, especially since Ricky and his dad are just now, you know, getting adjusted to living together and everything. Um what I did like I liked, especially in the beginning I mean, the episode opens with Kate Running to the phone to call the police And her tearing up at the thought That Ricky could be missing Um I like the whole thing with the The, um The balloon filled Filled with, um What the heck is it? Um, huh, I know I can't think of it Whipping cream? Spray? Spray cream? I can't think of the word. But anyway, I thought that was funny when Leonard walked in like that. And they all kind of had a good laugh over that. Um, I also liked how... um, I I really appreciated us getting a little bit of backstory into Edward and his dad's relationship. And why he doesn't want to punish Ricky. And of course... The ending where they say you love they love each other and hug it out and Edward finally punishes Ricky. It's it's great, like, oh. For the silver spoonful, I'm going to say that um let me see. If you're a kid, know that if you do something wrong, it's really wrong, your parents are gonna punish you. Unless you do something so wrong that the police have to step in. Don't go that far. And th- this 80s things, you know, the thing with, with the um the balloons and, and the thing with the train. No one grew up with a train like that in their house. But even still, you know, I, when I was 11, I was into that soap opera, All My Children. And this was back when they had like 900 numbers. Like, oh, call this number and you'll find out what happens on the show next week, next week's episodes, or something like that, and I would call, and of course, you know those calls cost money. I think they are at least two ninety nine a call or two ninety nine a minute I-, I can't remember, but I rang up the phone bill, and I got in trouble for it, so yeah, just less than what my dad had the nine hundred numbers blocked after that, but even still, he wasn't happy. But, in the, you know, guys, just know, kids, teenagers, know that if you do something you're bad, your parents most likely will come down on you. You know that. You can't just get away with anything. And just know that, you know, once the punishment's over, you've learned your lesson, hopefully you won't do it again. So, the next episode I'll be talking about next week, Sunday, is going to be Season 1, Episode 3, entitled... "'Grandfather Stratton,' "'which aired on October ninth, 1982. "'Ricky wants to meet his grandfather "'but finds that Edward has no interest "'in seeing his father, "'an attitude that is definitely mutual.' Knowing how important it was for him to know his father, Ricky devises a plan to reconcile the two. Oh, buddy, I, mm, I'd i stay out of that. I know you want everyone to be happy, happy, joy, joy, and come together, but they got to work out this stuff themselves. Um, And the grandfather is played by John Houseman, who sadly passed away, I think, about a year after... Silver Spoons wrapped up He was 86 at the time So I'm trying to see if there's anything That he's been in that I would have seen Other than Silver Spoons There There really isn't There really isn't anything That I really would know him from No there's not Okay So I'm going to give a shout out to The listeners that have been listening To the podcast since Punky Brewster Ended and even the people that are starting to listen to the Silver Spoons podcast, I want to give you guys all a shout out. We have Reno, Nevada, Everett, Washington, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Edinburgh, Virginia, Hyattsville, Maryland, New York, New York, Muskegon, Michigan, Bainbridge, Ohio, Landisville, Pennsylvania, Brazil, London, United Kingdom, St. Louis, Missouri, Centerville, Maryland, Washington, D.C., Bangor, Maine, Des Moines, Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa, Queenstown, Maryland, Woodbridge, Virginia, Pamplona, Spain, Clifton, New Jersey, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Seattle, Washington, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Sheridan, Wyoming, Madrid, Spain, Carmel, Indiana, College Station, Texas, Hebron, Connecticut, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anything, Mountain View, California, Long Island City, New York, Athens, Greece, Frankfurt, Germany, Paris, France, Hesperia, California, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Boise, in, uh, Idaho, Moscow, Russian Federation, Bronx, New York, Agora Hills, California, Erin, Italy, Texas, France, France, Pulaski, Virginia, Wagga Wagga, Australia, I'm sure I mispronounced it, De Plains, Illinois, New Jersey, Bastille, France, Newburyport, Maine, La Habra, California, Sun Valley, Nevada, Edmonton, Canada, Lancaster, Pennsylvania O'Fallon, Illinois Miami, Florida, San Jose California, Hyattsville, Maryland Montreal, Canada Mountain View, California, France Gainesville, Florida, Indonesia Burke, Burnett, Texas Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Manchester Maine, Burlington, Canada Newburyport, Maine Lethbridge, Canada, Hartsfield, South Carolina, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, North Providence, Rhode Island, Queenstown, Maryland, Los Angeles, California, Hawkesbury, Canada, Arlington, Virginia, St. Louis, Missouri, Orangeburg, New York, Chicago, Illinois, Hebron, Connecticut, Fort Worth, Texas, and Portland, Indiana, and Ponce, Puerto Rico. All right, guys, I know that was a long list. It was all the way from the end of July until now. But now we're caught up, so I'll be just doing weekly shout-outs. I did say at the beginning of the podcast, I definitely want to talk about the last three books that I finished in the last week. And that is a record, because I don't think I've finished three books in a week. One was an audiobook, so. The first book I finished is Front Desk by Kelly Yang. And I'm going to read the book description here. Front desk tells the story of 10-year-old Mia Tang. Every day, Mia manages the front desk of the Cala Vista Motel while her parents clean the rooms. She's proud of her job. She loves the guests and treats them like family. When one of the guests gets in trouble with the police, it shakes Mia to her core. Her parents, meanwhile, hide immigrants in the empty rooms at night. If the mean motel owner, Mr. Yao, finds out, they'll be doomed. Based on the author's life, the story follows Mia, the daughter of first-generation Chinese immigrants. I gotta say, guys, I gave this a 5 out of 5 on Goodreads. It is such a good book. It's um, Definitely, it is based on um, the author's life. And her and her parents immigrate from China to California... When she is 13, this is actually set in 1993, so of course it's pre-cell phones, pre-flat screens, all that stuff. And I really learned just how bad it is, not just for, you know, Chinese immigrants, but um, Mia makes a friend who is um, Hispanic or Mexican, her, her family's from Mexico, they're also immigrants and everything, but just of how unfair and how they're being treated by employers and just in general, they're not getting, you know, respect. Their their jobs are not getting the pay they need to get and everything like that. And it's just it's it's sad. Um but overall you got this book was amazing and I really, really enjoyed it. I hope honestly that they will make this available on audio, so people are able to hear this book because, like I said, it's really, really good. The next book I want to talk about, I just finished this week. It's called Night Books by J.A. White. I'm going to read the description. A boy is imprisoned by a witch and must tell her a new scary story each night to stay alive. This thrilling contemporary fantasy from J.A. White, the acclaimed author of the Thickety series, brings to life the magic and craft of storytelling. Alex's original hair-raising tales are the only thing keeping the witch Natasha happy, but soon he'll run out of pages to read from and be trapped forever. He's loved scary stories his whole life, and he knows most don't have a happily ever after. Now that Alex is trapped in a true terrifying tale, he's desperate for a different ending, and a way out of this twisted place. This modern spin on the... I can't pronounce that word. I'm sorry. Story is perfect for fans of Coraline, which I gotta watch Coraline. I haven't. I've heard good things. It's on Netflix. Uh, And a tale dark and grim. With interwoven tips on writing with suspense, adding in plot twists, hooks, inner interior logic, and dealing with writer's block. This is the ideal book for budding writers and all readers of delightfully just Dark Enough Tales. Um, I, I did like the book. I felt like, yes, it did drag a little bit. But the thing that I liked and I was thinking about as I was reading it was the stories that Alex had written in his night books. And those are the stories that he's having to read to um, Natasha the Witch. And he meets another girl in there, Yasmin, I think her name is. And both of them are trying to get out of that place. And it's really, really hard. Um, but as I was saying about the stories that Alex writes in his nightbooks, I like those stories probably even just as much or even more than the story that I was reading itself. Um, I do feel somebody did say in one of the reviews that the ending felt rushed. It definitely did, because I I kept, like, there's not much more. How are they gonna, you know, get out of here and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, come on, come on. Like, oh, yeah, it, like, yeah, it felt really, really rushed. Like, they had to wrap everything up within, like, 20 pages. Like, whoa. So, yeah. With, um, October just around the corner. You know, October, you know, spooky, scary, you know, movies, books. I would definitely recommend this as a read it in October. (laughs) When I finished it, it it was late at night, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just finished this book, and now i got to turn the light out. Ah! So the next book I read is Marcus Vega Doesn't Speak Spanish by Pablo Cartea. I listened to this on Audible. It was only five hours long, just like his other book, um, The Epic Fail of Arturo Zamora. Um, I'll read the description. Marcus Vega is 6 feet tall, 180 pounds, and the owner of a premature mustache. When you look like this and you're only in 8th grade, you're both a threat and a target. Marcus knows what classmates and teachers see when they look at him. (coughs) A monster. But appearances are deceiving. At home, Marcus is a devoted brother. brother. His younger brother, Charlie, has... Down syndrome. So, and the author is the one who narrates this story. Does an excellent job conveying someone with Down syndrome. Does really, really great. And he, Marcus finds a way, he finds ways to earn cash to contribute to his family's rainy day fund. By, um, there's this mean kid at school whose name is, I'm starting to blank on it. I think it's Stephen. And the Steven kid is bullying all the other kids So the kids are paying Marcus to walk them to school and home from school And also Marcus is kind of, I think he charges them like either five bucks a week or ten bucks a week And also, I you know, being this is 2018, this is junior high, schools are so different Um, The principal is instilled a, um, if you litter, like, drop a a pop can or or, um, a wrapper or something, you immediately get detention. So, Marcus will, like, tell kids, like, hey, if you pay, like, a couple bucks or something like that, I will make sure your trash gets thrown away if you forget, and I will not tattle on you. Also, the thing with cell phones, kids cannot have cell phones While they're in the hallways during school time. They're supposed to keep it in their locker. If they get caught, they probably get detention. Well, Marcus is like, hey, I see you're using your cell phone. I won't tell anybody for a fee if you want to keep it in my locker or something like that. So he's helping his mom, who is a single mother. Um, Their dad, Charlie and Marcus's dad, walked out on the family ten years prior. Charlie does not have any real memory of his dad, like, at all So, um Let me continue reading here His mom works long hours and his dad walked out ten years ago Someone has to pick up the slack After a fight at school leaves him facing suspension Yes, he ends up hitting Punching Stephen in the face When he calls Marcus's brother Charlie the R word And I'm not going to say it because I find that word very offensive when I was in school, that word was commonly thrown around as another word of calling someone stupid, and I don't agree with it. I'm happy that people are getting more stickler on it. Like, do not say that word, as I find it a derogatory term. I I don't say I I just call it the hard hard R. Is what they say. It's a hard R word. Ch-ch-ch. Marcus and his family decide to hit the reset button and regroup for a week in Puerto Rico. Um, his mo- Marcus's mother works for um, the airline. Uh, I think she's like a flight attendant or um, she's uh, someone who works at the ticket counter. She does all sorts of things. And she gets, you know, trips for free to fly anywhere. She's like, hey, um, your dad has, you know, family in Puerto Rico. Why don't we take a week? Because it's spring break. And go see the family, you know, you guys haven't really seen, you have all these cousins and aunts and uncles and everything. Let's go, let's kind of just regroup a little bit and kind of get a handle on things. Because, you know, they're struggling, they're struggling. And Marcus is, Marcus wants to use this opportunity to find his dad. His dad lives in Puerto Rico. And the family just, The mom does not, things are not good between the dad and the mom. Um since the dad walked out, she wants nothing to do with him. He doesn't help out financially with the kids. What the hell? Kenny, what is going on with you? Something freak you out? All right. Um and Marcus just wants to, you know, he wants to go to Puerto Rico and ask people about like, "Hey, what was my dad like? I want to find my dad. If he's here in Puerto Rico, let's go look for him." And I don't want to spoil the ending But um, Marcus gets a wake up call at the end He really really does And I just I I think that this is um, One of the kids That Marcus was walking home His name is um, Danny or Daniel And he's like, hey, I got this camera, why not you take it with you on your trip to Puerto Rico? You, got, you could take pictures and everything like that. And Marcus is, you know, snapping away pictures of, uh, you know, family and the landscape and, and all that stuff. And I was just thinking, because I recently was on a plane trip. So, you know, Marcus and Charlie had never flown before, and Marcus is wearing this, like, Hooded sweatshirt and his mom Keeps telling because Marcus is like Really sweating getting you know sick To his stomach he's probably having issues with Um you know he's never flown Before and his mom's like Marcus You need to take that sweatshirt off because Marcus you know this is all Marcus's POV He's like, I'm sweaty, you know, feeling sweaty and sick to his stomach. And he feels like, yo, know, he's going to pass out. It's like his hearing's going in and out and, and his vision's getting blurry and everything. And his mom's like, you need to take that sweatshirt off. You are going to pass out. Because, you know, when you're in an enclosed space, of course it's got to be warm and everything like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, so I think the plane ride home, though, goes a bit better, but... Charlie takes to it immediately And the girls are You know the cousins are drawn to Charlie They like him Um, You know Charlie's a little shy at first You know he, he's a little unsure about new places And new people and stuff like that But he warms up right away And I like this moment in the book Where it's like It's a horse that um They go visit this farm That I think one of the aunts runs And, and um The uncle and um They're like, no, no, stay away from the horse, Charlie, okay? But Charlie's like, no, no, I want to... And the horse... This boy, this horse, realizes, you know, that there's something different about Charlie, and he just, like, the horse kind of, like, puts his his nose out, you know, and and Charlie reaches out and pets. It's like, there's a connection there, and I just thought that was really, really cool. And, um... Definitely, Marcus... Has got a temper and, you know, he wants to do things now, you know, with like, let's look for dad. I want to find him. And the family's just like, no, I mean, your dad's not who you think he is. You're building him up in your mind like he's this great guy, but they keep kind of avoiding it. Like, you're, we learned that Marcus's dad was someone who. He's great at thinking up ideas, but the follow through on them, he's like he's like really um, impatient. He wants things to happen now, and it's like as soon as he like, like like drops one idea, he picks up another idea, and it's just he's he's all over the place. So I would de- I rated this one five out of five guys. I love that. Definitely, it's available on auto is an audio book. Read it amazing. I will post pictures on, um, which I believe I did on the Punky Brewster podcast page too, so you guys can see, but I'll do it again. Um, and of course those are the three books that I finished. Um, one that I'm reading right now that I really, really like is called Courage. It's by Barbara Binns and I'll read the book description A timely middle grade debut, perfect for fans of Ghost and Booked. Which, Ghost, I believe, is written by Jason Reynolds, who writes a lot of um, African-American like middle grade and YA. Um, Booked, I believe, I've read that is by Kwame Alexander, I think. Anyway, um, a story of race, class, and the strength of brotherly love. Tishon has worked hard to get his family's life back on track after his father passed away, but as things are returning to normal, his world is suddenly turned upside down when his older brother Lamont returns from prison. T puts his frustrations into his diving practice, especially when he gets a scholarship to join a prestigious d- diving t- team at the local private swim club. But when crimes start increasing in the neighborhood and Lamont is the prime suspect, Tishon begins to question the hope that he and Lamont can put the broken pieces of their damaged relationship back together. And I'm not very far along in the book, but um, it's definitely, it's it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. I really, I, I like reading about books of, you know, people from different backgrounds and stuff like that. It just really, it's insightful and I just, I really, really like it. It's like getting outside the box of what I normally read. And I just, this year, 2018, it's been a year of a lot of middle grade and I've read a lot of winners and honestly I think I've read as many middle grade books as I have YA books. So all right guys um that's pretty much it for the book reviews for the episode. Look next Sunday for season one episode three Grandfather Stratton where we meet Ricky's grandfather Edwards father and find out just how bad their relationship is. It's not good. <laughs> a lot of hostility, a lot of a lot of um bad blood there. So All right. I'll see you guys next Sunday. Have a great afternoon. I hope the weather's awesome for you. If it's not, stay in and read a book, watch a movie. All right. Bye-bye.